Hey everyone, you got Chris and Brian. Um, this is Cap City Outfitters Podcast, episode 17. Uh, we're going to kind of call this one the why it costs $2,000 to get your concealed carry permit. Ouch. Uh, before you cringe and go, wait a second, no it doesn't. I got to pay 50 bucks at the Sheriff's Department and I get my permit. Um, we're going to break that down and uh, you know to how we came up with that number. And then looking at, you know, what it takes to actually learn how to fight with your concealed carry handgun. Absolutely. Um, one of the things we talk about, guys, when folks come in the shop and they say, oh, I want to get my concealed carry. My buddy said it costs, you know, a hundred and some dollars, uh, X, Y, Z. Um, one of the analogies that we use is, is getting your driver's license. Um, you can run down to the BMV when you turn 15 and a half, take whatever test, or I don't even written know if you test. have a test. It's you a know, you just test. show up and say, hey, I'm 15 and a half. Um, and get your temps, uh, your learners, so that in theory you can drive around with another adult in the car and, and get expert tutelage. Um, th that is that is technically a driver's license, but you are not prepared to be out on the road with that. And the same thing would apply to your concealed carry permit. By and large, the, the best instructors in the world likely couldn't prepare you to be um, you know, ready to carry a gun and use a gun effectively, especially in the chaotic situations that you're most likely to need it. Um, so, you know, the reality is that we, we equate having your concealed carry permit and that eight hour class under your belt and, uh, you know, basically the equivalent of, of, of having your learner's permit. Uh, with your learner's permit, you're not allowed to drive in a school zone by yourself. Um, that's 20 miles an hour. So, and nor should you be. Uh, at that point. Uh, same thing applies to concealed carry. So we're going to start and kind of build up from there and talk about that concept um, and maybe from a mental aspect explain you know why $2,000 might get you ready to drive on the freeway in the right lane at 60 miles an hour maybe. Uh, maybe. So cool we'll start with that. Yeah so I mean obviously starting you know we look at that $2,000 number uh, we've got you know 50-ish dollars for the Permit from the sheriff's department. Sixty-seven is the okay. max allowable by law, I think, under ORC. Yeah, uh, sixty-seven in Ohio. Uh, we've got somewhere between eighty-five and one hundred and fifty for the actual, you know, concealed carry permit class. Um, that's typically more of a legal briefing and a how how to not get arrested, how to not go to jail um, for defending yourself with your pistol. Uh, also, proving to the state that you're not going to shoot yourself in the foot or shoot your friend in the foot um, with your pistol. Um, it is by no means a shooting class. Um, I think most concealed carry permit instructors uh, would say that as well. Uh, if if you're lucky, you're getting two hours of range time, yeah. and you're going to shoot maybe 100 rounds. Yeah, and I would say, and that, that's a big maybe, um, the vast majority of classes... Um, if you shoot an entire box of ammo, that's a rarity. Um, you know, so, you know, again, just bringing us back around to this is this is literally your permit authorization or your permit certificate. It is not necessarily training. Um, and guys, please don't take this as a dig on people who out there teaching concealed carry classes. Um, they have their back against the wall with the state mandated curriculum that says it's an eight hour class, six hours of classroom, two hours of range time no specified number of rounds fired, no specified number of, uh, you know, no specified qualification or minimum standards or anything like that. It's literally just time punch um, on, on these different things and pushing through. And the vast majority of people teaching concealed carry want to teach people as much as they possibly can. 
but if you've done it more than a few times, if you've taught a class like that more than a few times, you come to find out that you're teaching to the least experienced, probably least capable person in that class, which may be holding back somebody else who already has a baseline of knowledge, um, or maybe holding back somebody else who's just, uh, just to be blunt, a little brighter or maybe just a little more capable, and the instructor has got to teach that baseline to the lowest common denominator, unfortunately. And most of them will tell you in private that that's one of the struggles that they have with doing that class. It's, it's, it's not an easy thing to do to take somebody from zero to 60 and you just can't do it in eight hours, especially with eight or 10 or 20 other people in the class. So again, not to dog on the instructors, just to point out it's a, it's a significant task that requires some time and attention and dedication. So, sorry, throw that little thing in there, little, little, little punch in there, so yeah. cool. So we've gone from $67 for the permit or and then 180, 100, 150 bucks for the class, whatever that may be. Um, Equipment. A lot of the classes, you've got to bring your own equipment. Um, you know, if you're buying a gun, what are we saying? We're going to say base a used Glock, 400 bucks. If you can find a used if Glock. If you can find a used Glock. A, a used <clears throat> quality gun, um, you know, you know whether that, whatever that may be. I don't care what, what the would, brand is. We're Glock-centric, we'll admit it. But for, a so four, 500 what, What's a new Gen 5 Glock 19 cost? New Gen 5 19 base model, 575 most places. So we'll just say um, 575 for a pistol. Exactly. We'll go with that number. Cool. Um, holster and maybe a mag pouch or something along those lines and a decent belt. Uh, holster is going to start around 50 bucks and go up from there for anything that's worth anything at all. Um, belt. Generally, a belt's going to start around 50 bucks um, and go up from there as well. Um, a good mag pouch. You probably can find a good mag pouch for 30 yeah. Um, but it's, you know, 30, 40 bucks, maybe something less than that if you, you know, and there are some good options um, out there that might be a little less than that once you've trained up and you're comfortable with something more minimalist, but generally to go train with, you're, you're probably better off with that 30 to $40 solid mag pouch. Um, you know, so there's, there's a baseline on equipment um, and, and, that, and we haven't even gotten to ammo or anything like or that. Sights. Yeah, or sights on the gun. Yeah, because Glock sights, stock Glock sights suck. Uh, if you have a Glock with the white front and the U-notch rear and it's not steel, um, please, dear God in heaven, adjust that, fix it. So, yeah. So we're gonna add a hundred dollars for sites. Yeah, we'll call it a hundred. It's hundred to one hundred and fifty, hundred sixty, hundred seventy, depending on what sites and how much you get dinged for installing them and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so you know, we'll call it a hundred just to be just to be lenient with it. Yeah, shameless plug, we do Glock site installs for $20 if you buy the sites from us. Indeed, and we carry Trigicon and Ameriglow in stock. Um, for Glocks and Smiths, uh, we can get them for other guns. So, you know, please ask us about it. We'll be happy to help you get caught up equipment-wise in that fashion as well. Um, so we got sites. Um, what else equipment-wise, without getting into like range equipment like clothing and stuff like that i want to hit that yeah so one of the one of the things that we strongly recommend is having what we call go to war mags and yes. then having training magazines yeah so buying a gen 4 or a gen 5 um, glock will get you three magazines yep. um, for the double stack guns uh, my personal recommendation would be to keep those magazines uh, as your dedicated go to war magazines or keep the if it's 19, keep one of the 15s and then get a couple of Glock 17 mags as your reloads. Yeah. Um, use those for carrying defensive hollow points like Federal HSTs. Um, and then get some additional magazines to use on the range for training. 
um, be those training magazines. You know, we have really good results with factory Glock mags, with the Magpul P mags, and all of the various capacities, and then also with the ETS magazines, which are the clear ones. Um, those have held up really well in our experience. Yeah, and that's and and you know, a lot of folks were concerned about P mags. P mags initially had a bloody nose with the very first gen of the Glock 17 ones. Uh, that was actually a manufacturing design error that was corrected very, very quickly. PMAGs run like a champ. They're pretty durable. Uh, the ETS mags, even though they're clear plastic, everyone kind of thinks back to like the Butler Creek 1022 mags that were trash back in the 80s and 90s. Um, these are not that product. They're super durable. They seem to hold up well. We've been running both the PMAGs and the ETSs um, as training mags for about as long as they've been out. Uh, we drop mags on the deck when we do mag changes and reloads and stuff like that. Um, we have guys in our training groups that are not necessarily small. Mags get stepped on in gravel and on hard surfaces and whatnot, and haven't seen anything crack or break um, either under PMAGs or ETSs. Of course, Glock's still going to be the gold standard. Um, you know, they'll, I, I, my perception personally is that they're probably going to hold up in the long run better. I have Glock mags I'm using that are literally 30 years old that are training mags, but they're still going. So, you know, yeah. consider that too, longevity wise. Yeah, and our main, you know, main reason for saying, you know, run separate training mags is when you start dropping magazines in the dirt, in the mud, yep. um, we're getting stuff inside the magazine body um, that gets caught between the follower and the magazine body. Um, your magazine is no longer going to feed um, and you are going to have malfunction central in your pistol. Yep. Yeah, which is maybe interesting for training day if what you're training is malfunctions, but if it's not, it's a distraction from what you should be doing. Um, and so with that, I'll throw out the, the addendum. Um, there are a number of offshore magazines. Um, I want to say like KCI, some Korean stuff or whatever that are plastic mags that are just absolute trash. Um, you know, or, or having just a worn out Glock mag. It does happen. You know, they, they, they go kaput, springs go to crap, followers get worn out and, and tilt and do weird things. Um, if the mag's not working right, keeping it in your bag and saying, oh, it's my training mag, well, that's fine if you have a bag just for doing malfunction practice and whatnot. Uh, but other than that, if a mag's, you know, gone, let, let it go. They're disposable, consumable items. Um, keeping a crap mag and trying to fight through a mag and malfunctions and stuff like that when what you should be working on is, you know, draw stroke, movement, any number of different things that aren't clearing malfunctions, it's a distraction. So don't, don't, don't fall in love with your mags. They don't work. Get, get rid of them. Um, mag quantities. I, I'm I'm not one of those nerds who says you have to have 4,000 mags. I'm not saying I don't have 4,000 mags. I just don't think everybody needs that many. If you don't want them, that's fine. Um, having, you know, like I said, the, the, the three that came with the gun for carry purposes, as long as you maintain them, make sure they work, you know, go run some ammo through them, test them, and then carry them. That's fine. Uh, for training mags, it is really, really nice if you can show up to a class with, you know, a, a dozen mags. Um, you know, or something like yeah. that. And if you can do more than that, that's great. Um, we have some friends of ours who, who um, you know, they like to stencil things and, and label things a lot. And they show up to training days with all the mags, all loaded with all the bullets. Um, we're not making fun of anybody. We're just making fun of somebody. Um, you, you know who you are. Um, it, it, you know, the more mags, the better when you show up for a training day to not have to stuff mags. It allows you to focus on other things uh, like hydration, you know, keeping yourself topped off, fed, etc., and comfortable. Just be able so. to reflect, too, on what you learned versus having to load magazines. Yep. You know, after every evolution. Uh, I would say at a very minimum for, you know, how many magazines do I need from a training perspective? 
Um, you should be able to show up to the firing line with 50 rounds loaded on your person. Easy. Um, Easy. Which is, you know, effectively one Glock 19 mag and two Glock 17 mags, plus a round in the gun. Yep. Um, if you can do that, most instructors will be very happy with you. Yep. Um, if you can't do that, um, have loose rounds in your pocket that you can keep loading magazines with, because uh, otherwise you're just slowing everybody down. Um because I think, from my experience, most professionally taught, you know, defensive firearms classes, so that's sort of the expectation that you can bring 50 rounds in magazines to the firing line. Uh, yeah. And then they're going to do evolutions to that. And then once, you know, those 50 rounds are sent down range, you know, everybody will go back, load mags, and get ready to do the next exercise. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And more better. More is always better in that. You know, we, we joke in the store about, you know, how many guns is the right amount, N plus one. Um, magazines is probably more like N plus three. Uh, maybe N plus four, N plus ten. I don't know. A, yeah. a, a lot. Uh, you won't ever regret having extra mags. So, um, which is not an insignificant investment. Uh, ETS mags, uh, P mags um, start, you know, $13, go up to 17, 18, $20 a pop and Glock mags generally run around 26 bucks a pop yep. uh, for Glock mags. Um, and the new, even the new gen fives are only 26 bucks. Again, another reason we, we, we harp on Glock. It's cheap. So, but that's a big dollar amount too. You're potentially looking at a couple hundred dollars in mags on top of the gun. Once you purchase the gun. Yeah. Now bullets. Uh, so for ammunition, you know, we want defensive hollow points for dealing with feral people. <laughs> um, our kind of current recommendation is the federal HSTs in either the 124 or 147 grain variety. Um, beyond that, the spear gold dot. Is it the G2? The, well, the G2 is really good, but the G2 is also really hard to get as a civilian. There are some police agencies issuing it. Spears kind of clamp down on that. Um, the Spear Gold Dot Round has been a proven performer for decades. The Federal HST has been a proven performer. Uh, Winchester Ranger LE ammo, if you can get it. It's not unicorn poop, but it is hard for civilians to get. Um, and there are a few other rounds out there that are pretty good. Um, if again, I'll throw out the addendum, please, dear God in heaven, there's a lot of gimmicky crap out there. Um, I'll throw out like G2 rip, um, milled copper rounds that fragment into truncated spikes, um, that, and, and just gimmicky crap like that. If it's, if it's not something that the FBI has test data on, I, I would be very cautious using it just from a perspective of is it actually going to work when I need it um, a, a, a Navy SEAL invented it is not the right reason um, you know there's some rounds out there some really light bullets that are going ridiculously fast out of Glocks I can't think of the brand of ammo and I don't want to pick on them anyway um, but again they're very gimmicky there are penetration issues there are efficacy through intermediate barriers like car doors auto glass drywall um, multiple layers of jackets. denim jackets and stuff like that um, the FBI tests for all these things, and the reality check is that y your, your gunfight as a civilian and what's going to be around you um, is, is likely not going to be a whole lot different from a police officer. They're very vehicle-centric because that's what they use to convey themselves to the scene. Um, so they teach a lot around vehicles, but they also teach a lot around structures and stuff like that too. And, and those are probably the considerations you should take into account. And the FBI has already done it for you. 
Um, so please don't overthink it. I'll say the same thing about bullet weight. Um, if you have a small gun, make sure a certain load will work in your gun. Um, some guns are finicky and need a longer bullet or a, or a certain O-guy of a certain projectile shape to feed properly. Test drive that. But getting wrapped around the axle about, is it 124 grain versus 147 grain? I, I, I don't care. Read the FBI's data, whichever one they say is best. Pick it or use whatever you can get and be comfortable with it. Um, shop placement's still going to trump all that when you get down to it. So, splitting hairs. Yeah, and from a, you know, how many of those do I need? Uh, I'd like to have three magazines loaded up. Absolutely, ready to go. yeah. Um, that gives me one in the gun, one on my hip, or two on my hip, and then, you know, another one as a backup. Yeah, and I would also say a, a, a spare box of the same ammo, so that as you do, you know, you, you get, again, guys, loading, we're getting off topic a little bit, but as you, if you clear the gun on a regular basis to store it or whatever, that first round of the magazine is going to get beat up. You should replace it on a fairly regular basis. Um, some places will say, you know, only load it once. Some places will say the third time I load it, I, I throw it in the training bucket kind of deal. I don't care, whatever. But if you do start to notice something like measurable bullet setback, um, or the nose of the bullet getting kind of beat up, it's, you know, replace it. And having some spare ammo around to do that, you don't have to change the whole mag out. Just take that one top round out and throw it in your bucket of training ammo. Um, you know, so having that. The other thing I would throw out there, if it's a new gun, new magazines, etc., buy a box or two of ammo and, and run 100 or 200 rounds, if you can, through the gun of your duty or whatever carry ammo you're going to use, just to make sure it's going to function in your gun. Um, you know, the world's a weird place. Not everything's perfect, so test it and see first. Um, but at that, and then, you know, but that kind of brings us to then how much practice ammo, all of it, all of it. Um, r right now, guys, if you are new to this and you don't have a couple cases of nine millimeters sitting around, um, you, you are wrong. Um, you need to run out and buy ammo right now. Nine millimeter ammo is the cheapest it's been probably in 12 or 15 years. Yeah. Um, and it's to say, is that to say it's inexpensive? No. Um, but you can find phenomenal prices on on practice ammo. Um, you know, forty four sixty five cemetery road capcityoutfitters.com. Um, there are places that stock five hundred round ammo cans for good prices. There are places that have cases for good prices. Um, whatever it is, load up and get a couple thousand rounds of ammo so you have it around. So when prices go stupid, um, you know you're you can still go train and maybe put off getting beat up by the pricing a little bit. Um, as far as getting up to speed from a training perspective that get trying to get to 60 or 65 miles an hour and, and get rid of your learner's permit, um, a couple cases of ammo are almost going to be a requisite because your concealed carry class, while it may only be 25, 50, maybe 100 rounds, if the first good two-day defensive pistol class you go to could easily be a case of ammo. Yeah, it, it could easily be 1,000 rounds. I would say, <clears throat> you know, for most, for professionally taught defensive firearms class, expect to shoot 500 rounds a day. At a minimum. At a minimum. Um, you know, some of the classes are very intensive. If they're entry-level classes, they run you through tons of reps of the fundamentals. Um, you know, so I, I know that there are good classes out there where you, they'll tell you the minimum amount's 1,500 rounds for a two-day class. Um, but in general, I would plan on at least having, like Brian said, 500 rounds per day or whatever the instructor is going to call you out and tell you to bring, whatever's required. So, um, but then have an ammo beyond that too. Um, I kind of keep around the unopened case of ammo that before I open that case, I go buy another one so that if I'm breaking into training ammo, I, I've got a case laying around just in case the opportunity comes up to take a class on the cheap or short notice or an opportunity kind of situation. So that's uh, just me. Again, we're a little weird, but we're good at it. So, 
That's why we're here. Exactly. So, yeah. So, if we're looking at ammo, um, I'm going to throw out a, a case of 9mm ammo. I'm going to use a, a, a number that's a little bit high. Uh, I'm going to call it 200 bucks a case. Yeah. So, if we throw that out accurate. there. Yeah. So, I'm going to call it 200 bucks a case. You can definitely get it for less right now. Um, but that's right now. That's subject to change based on politics or panic. So, um, I'm not adding this up as we go because I'm not very good at math. <laughs> Um, but I know that we've got some money involved now. So we, we alluded to why you would want to have around that much practice ammo, um, the class itself. Yeah. Um, taking a good, from a professional, say we'll say nationally or internationally recognized firearms instructor. Um, I, I'm going to throw some names out there. Please add some as, as mm -hmm. I go through this too. Um, if we look around locally, anybody training at alliancepolicetraining.org? Is it uh, .org or .net? Uh, just Google Alliance Police Training. Yeah, any anybody listed on their website as a trainer is going to be somebody who's going to be a, a at least nationally recognized top tier instructor. Generally, you're looking at two hundred to two hundred and fifty dollars a day for a class, and most of those classes are two day classes. Um, you know, and if you want to grease the groove on running a gun when you're new to it, there's nothing better than going and running a boatload of reps in two days with a competent instructor who can help you perfect correct and perfect some more your technique rather than doing crappy practice with your buddy um, who doesn't know any more about it than you uh, you know it's, it's definitely worth the money to get to that point quickly to get to that 60 mile an hour point quickly but 200 250 bucks a day is probably a good baseline number yeah you might find a deal locally there are some good instructors here locally that teach some teach for a little less than that some teach for about that amount be sure to vet whoever that person is um, there are a lot of folks out there teaching defensive firearms classes that that realistically have no business and some have no idea doing it um, there are also a number that are really really good and can teach you the fundamentals without necessarily having to drive halfway across the country so but it's just money yeah uh, I'm gonna add um, tactical response down in Camden Tennessee they're fighting pistol advanced fighting pistol and so I'm sure what they call the way of the pistol, which is those two classes, plus a night shoot and a force on force evolution, in my opinion, is kind of the gold standard for how do I learn how to fight with my pistol um, when you're starting from zero. Yeah, I will. I will. I will. I will say that that is definitely a, a benchmark within the within the industry. I know that tactical response is controversial, um, but I will tell you that if you have never fired a gun before. Having seen Tactical Response teach that class a few times, um, you can take somebody who literally has no experience at all, and I would say if it were a family member, my daughter, my wife, whatever, and they were interested in learning how to fire a gun and defensively, how to use a gun defensively, that that class in two days or four days is going to get you up to speed as quick as anything else out there. Um, I will also throw out another organization that I think is probably a gold standard in here here locally is Tactical Defense Institute in Southern Ohio. Um, they're going to do one, two, three, four, five, and six are their handgun classes. One, two, and three are like their three-day intro that will get you con your concealed carry permit and would be an analog to fighting pistol. And then four, five, and six would be the analog to advanced fighting pistol. Um, and, and that may save you a drive to Tennessee. Uh, I think it might cost a little more money, but they do a phenomenal job as well. Um, you know, and there are some other places that have kind of that meet that high water mark. Um, again, back to vetting your instructors. So, um, pressing on, you know, looking at the training aspect of it, like I said, a lot of dollars, but some baseline information there. 
Um, what else to get you to two green? Yeah, I'd say one of the things to avoid for that introductory pistol class is what we call celebrity instructors or the guys that are really famous um, for doing you know, super dynamic stuff on YouTube. Um, we're looking, you know, if we can do it, smaller classes, yep. um, focus on the fundamentals. Uh, we don't, you know, we're not looking to do a class that starts at 90 miles an hour. Yeah. We're looking for a class that starts at 10 miles an hour. Yep. And, I will t and guys, you know, if you're a new shooter or you're new to defensive firearms, um, check your ego. Ch check your ego. If you're not a phenomenal shot with a handgun, like the best, you're better than anyone you know, um, you know, then, then you, you should be taking a fundamentals class. And those of us that do go out and shoot a lot and train a lot, still go back and take fundamentals classes. Um, you know, what's the joke? There's no such thing as an advanced gunfight. There is perfect acquisition of skills, fundamental skills at a subconscious level. Yeah, and from from a curriculum standpoint, you know, in that defensive firearms class, the things that, you know, we really, we want you to learn are, you know, the four count draw stroke, um, keeping the gun up and running from a, you know, putting more bullets into a perspective, um, fixing malfunctions, so failure to fire, failure to eject, um, stove pipes, double feeds, um, any of the other kind of malfunctions that you can you can fix from an immediate action perspective or immediate remedial action perspective. Yep. Um, being able to do that with two hands, doing it with only with your strong hand, doing it only with your weak hand, you know, drawing strong hand only, drawing weak hand only. Um, yeah, move, basic movement, forward, backward, left, right, diagonals, um, use of cover. So, I mean, and that, that's, you know, if you can, if you're, let's say, an NRA, you know, bullseye shooter and you can shoot, you know, a tiny group at 50 yards taking all the time in the world, um, but you don't know how to clear malfunctions with your weak hand, um, this class is still for you. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and, and again, guys, we're talking about 60 miles an hour, not, you know, 150 on the track. Um, 60 miles an hour means that maybe you are not doing this at an unconscious competence level, but you're doing it at a conscious competence level, um, or, or maybe even a consciously uncompetent level where you know that you need to work on it more and become better at it, but at least you know what the techniques are and you can begin to practice them. That's where you're going to learn these techniques that you're practicing. Uh, when somebody has their concealed carry class and says, yeah, I got my concealed carry permit and I'm going to go to the range and practice. What are you going to the range to practice? What fundamental techniques are you working on? And this, these types of classes will give you that two-day baseline for these fundamental skills that you need to learn how to master before you get into tactics and things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, pistols are, you know, they're the gun we most often have with us um, because they're easy to conceal. Uh, we've not yet re-entered that period of time in the United States where it's considered polite to walk around with a rifle slung up and ready to go. Um, notice I said yet. Yet. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, we had, you know, the, the cost of the class, the cost of the ammo, um, travel, hotel, potentially, food, you know, that's where we get that, the second half of that $2,000. Yeah. Um, having had the opportunity to, to do the way the pistol class down at Tactical Response twice um, within five months of taking it. 
um, when I took it twice. Um, I can well personally attest to like doing that and then coming back and then doing it again. Uh, I went with the guys that I shoot with personally from kind of the like the middle tier to pretty close to the top of the the group. Yeah, um, consistently. consistently. Consistently one of the best shooters in the group. Um, you know, and, and did that basically in six months. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With guys that have been doing this stuff for five, six years. Yep. You know, multiple times a, a month um, previous to that. So, you know, getting quality firearms training uh, and then taking the time to practice the skills um, that you now learn, you know, once you get back from the class, um, really does have a dramatic improvement and a, a consistent, maintainable improvement um, versus just, you know, going to the range and sending rounds down range and not necessarily knowing what you're doing or why things are happening. Um, yeah, and, it really makes a big difference. Yeah, and maybe not having any metrics to understand that where you're at is not quite there because you just don't know what you don't know. So, um, so as you're listening to this, you're probably thinking, wow, this is not so much about the permit or the gun. It's a whole lot more about software than it is hardware. Um, wow. Interesting concept. Um, go go get yourself programmed. Go get some software. Um, you know, hardware's good too. We like hardware. Yeah. But yeah, get get some programming. Get some software. Get yourself squared away, and understand that you know if you want to do. Everybody talks about my my rights. My they thump their chest and talk about their rights. But the flip side of that coin is responsibility, and this is the responsibility part of it: is you taking the time and investing in yourself. Um, to be a responsible, responsibly armed, capable citizen um, who's not going to harm anyone but the ne'er-do-well who needs harmed. Yeah. So. I think to, um, to kind of quote Mike Pannone as we wrap this up, you know, quality gun, quality holster, know how to use it, um, train those fundamental skills on a regular basis. Yep. Um, because it, even at the, the absolute tip of the spear, um, they use the, the same techniques that we do yeah. um, as you know, trained and responsible armed citizens. Uh, it's, it comes down to applying those fundamental techniques perfectly when you need them. Yep. Um, yeah, I think we've gone on long enough. Cool. Thanks for, thanks for hanging on with us on that one, guys. I know I got a little preachy. It's because we love you. Yeah. Uh, yep. This has been Cap City Outfitters podcast episode 17. Uh, come visit us in Hilliard, Ohio. 4465 Cemetery Road. Uh, We'll see you then. Bye.